What's going on? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. The regular season has concluded and the postseason is about to commence. We got a lot to talk about. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. We are back in action and gearing up for a crazy, crazy run of playoff baseball and Talking Baseball episodes. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got my co-host Jake coming to you from Denver. We are back in our respected houses after a long weekend together in Maine. It's been crazy. The MLB starts with 30 teams every year. 20 of them have been eliminated. The top 10 are going to the postseason. Two wildcard games coming up. Divisional series coming up. A lot of managers got fired. A lot of, a lot of stuff happened, Jake. This is going to be a little different of an episode. It's not going to be the format that we've been doing for the regular season, and we probably will not be doing that format uh, until next season. Uh, So we'll we'll talk more. I'll let Jake say hi first. I've been talking for a while. How are you doing, Jake? Yeah, I'm all right, Jim. Hey, no, you're doing you're doing the big stuff. Yeah, we're what what Jimmy will lead into is that we are going to be pumping out so much stuff onto your feed check that feed that's check my that new o- that's my new october motto check that feed for talking baseball we're pretty much going to be going every day it's going to be insane we're excited about it from now yeah, until man, october 21st every day it's it's kind of unbelievable man um that the regular season is over and it it's crazy that there's no there's like not a good segue. Hopefully these wild card games are a segue. I have to live up to my deed of blacking out for one of the wild card games. I haven't picked which one yet. Um, I'm thinking lean in Milwaukee, yeah. maybe with with our friend Jeff there. But yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I mean, we we totally disconnected for a couple days for our buddy's wedding. The timing actually worked out great. But it's funny we kind of jump into you have like these regular season games. You have some intense ones. Then these a couple of these, most of these games to end the year are like lower than spring training games. Yeah. So to now kick it back up to ten, uh, it's gonna be gonna be pretty wild. But it's it's exciting, man. It's exciting until basically Friday morning for us when we'll have just a pit in our stomach for a little bit and then let the games commence. Yeah. And our, our schedule, if you want to be somewhat in the know, because it is wild, uh, is that every night that there are games, the next morning slash afternoon, we will be uh, talking. So if you want to come view live on Patreon, we will be in the morning. You can listen live. If you wait for the podcast app, it'll probably be in the afternoon. They'll drop like usual. Um so that's what we are excited about. So tomorrow's episode. So this is going to be dropping Monday, the 30th. Tomorrow's the first. We'll drop an episode in the morning, and it'll just be about the wild card game that's about to be played. Kind of a, 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 a deep dive into the players and what it's probably 20 minutes max. And then the next day, we'll talk about that game. Next day, we'll talk about the next game. Every game we're going to talk about, it's going to be insane if you have baseball fans. So say, you know, it's Cardinals Braves. Go tell your Cardinals and Braves fans. Talking Baseball is going to be doing episodes previewing and recapping their games with our thoughts, our things, whatever, and in, in our style and our tone. So I think it's going to be insane. We're strapping in. We took the week off. We needed it. A lot happened, Jake. We have our playoff lineup or schedule whatever you want to do is set in the uh, the American League finished Astros on top Yankees won the East Twins win the Central A's get that first wild card spot they will be hosting the Rays the Indians do not make it in the National League Dodgers with the best record Braves below them Cardinals win the Central the Nationals in the top wild card spot and the Brewers came down to the last day they had a shot at the division on the last day the Cardinals uh, put that to rest in like the second inning, eight nothing after three, I believe. So the Brewers get the second wild card spot. They'll be going to DC to play that game. But before we deep dive into these matchups, there's a lot 
a lot that happened. We had Madden out as the Cubs manager, Hurdle out. Uh, the Mets did some fun things in some uh, end-of-the-year games. Where do you want to start, Jake? Ooh, that's a good question, Jim. I think I want to start with, uh, I think we owe Cleveland a goodbye. Uh, yeah. We, we, there was a while there where we thought two good teams were going to miss the playoffs because um, we assumed that the Cubs were going to keep it up, but they crapped the bed, for lack of a better term. And uh, Cleveland is easy, heads and shoulders the best team to not be in this postseason. They would have been a tough game, tough series for anyone with how much pitching they have and how much experience they have. It's going to be interesting to see what they've got going on going forward. Is someone like, did, is it shop Frankie Lindor time? That bidding war would be insane. Dude, uh, when did the Rays clinch? Do you know, like, what day it happened? Um, the Rays clinched. I want to, was it Saturday? I don't know. We were three we were days ago. So, yeah. so it might have been Friday Saturday. night. Friday night or Saturday. Dude, yeah. the Indians lost five straight to end the season. The yeah. White Sox broke them. I mean, that sucks. I'd, it's brutal. I mean, they're uh, they're the only ninety plus win team to not get into the playoffs. Um, the only eighty win team, eighty nine wins for Milwaukee. And yeah, I mean, if if you're Cleveland, you have this young core of pitchers that are up and coming. Bieber, Savali, we go we go through the names pretty much every week. One would hop up on and Fuego, or one of them would have a great pitching performance. Uh, the future's bright there, but they uh, the, there's got to be some big moves coming. And and let's be honest, I mean, the big thing. There was that awesome moment when Jose Ramirez comes back in his first game and he hits two home runs, seven RBIs, and you're like, okay, this oh, Cleveland shit. team, they are back in the mix because when they had Jose Ramirez this year playing good baseball, they were one of the best teams in baseball. He had a terrible start. He gets hurt. He comes back and he tries to fight it, um, but it was too little too late. And uh, I mean, it's it's also a credit to um, a Minnesota for fending them off. And Minnesota finishes with 101 wins. We'll see what they do in the postseason against the eerily similar offensive numbers of the Yankees. Um, and credit to Oakland and Tampa, man. Uh, those teams just went pedal to the floor the rest of the way. They they knew what they had to do, and and they did it. So. Uh, I don't know. Is it, uh, I if you're Cleveland, I, I, you obviously want to be in the playoffs. I mean, that's I don't need to say that. But at the same time, it's still like a golf clap. Like you just kind of got beat, right? No, I don't know. You just pissed. Be mad. Did you see Savali? He hadn't given up more than two earned runs all season. Well, he got called up in June and August, and then. With the with like the season on the line, three point one innings pitched, four earned runs, like his worst start of his career. It's just kind of a bummer. He's so it's good tough. to end it like that to the White Sox. That sucks. Breaking news: Jake Osmith just got fired from the Angels. Boom! Let's do the managers getting fired. Yeah, could have seen that one coming. I mean, Osmith was just a lazy hiring. So, boom. I don't know why they did that. Anyway, yeah, so Madden's out, and now he's going to be coveted as uh, a manager to get. Hurdle's out. I don't think he'll be coveted. Um, Osmus is out. So teams looking for managers is Padres, Angels, Giants, because Bochy's retiring. Cubs. Cubs, Royals. There's a lot. Pirates. Holy shit, there's a lot, dude. That's set, yeah. That's six teams looking for a new manager. Yeah, I'd I'd have to look year over year. I think that's a little higher than normal. Well, um, because the trend now is to get first year managers, right? Yeah, and I, we we also had two like straight up retirements with Ned Yost and Bochi. I guess you don't see that all the time. Um, and yeah, I mean it's like like you said, and we we were together and we were talking about the Joe Madden firing, and they did. They did the press conference together, and I know you weren't. You kept asking the question, "Why? <laughs> like, just, just why did they do that?" Um, and I don't know. I just, I think we're at this day and age of sports where 
a new voice or a new person is so exciting that the Cubs were trying to do this like kumbaya. We had a great run, but you know it it has to come to an end now. And it's I, I don't know the Yankees did a a half similar thing with Girardi. They went their separate ways because they wanted a new voice in there. Um, so yeah, I mean Madden's going to be coveted. I wonder if he does a year of TV stuff because um, at the same so. time organizations don't like paying managers anymore. Um, like we, that's not how baseball works. Cause the front office calls 90% of the shots anyways. So if Madden's looking for a big price tag, I don't know if he's going to get it from anywhere. How many managers are we going to have that are like, don't even have five years under their belt? Probably a lot, a ton, right? Yeah. But I do think Girardi, Buck, and Madden will get picked up for three of those spots. And those are okay. those are managers that have been around. Girardi to the Cubs feels like, I mean, if you had to take early guesses, Girardi to the Cubs feels like that's going to be, you know what I'll say? I'll say that's going to be a long interview. Like They're going to take that seriously. Okay. Girardi to the Cubs. You like Buck to the Padres. Which is I, I mean, I was dreaming pretty hard about that. That would be cool. You, I, I could see Madden there too. Um, yeah, Madden to he, the Angels, he, uh, or any of these guys to the Angels. Buck to the Angels, whatever. And then, did you hear um, Ross from the Cubs has interest David in Ross? managing? Yeah, David Ross from the Cubs, and and there's quotes from Bryant and Rizzo like, well, he was basically a manager when he was here. Like, he was pretty fun and loose, but he would tell you. He would be brutally honest with you too at times, and so that's like what a manager does. So, and I mean that's that's kind of right out of the Boone Cora playbook. Uh, so you you could definitely see that um, the Royals Royals and Pittsburgh feel like it's got to be young, energetic guys. Um, but like I, Jim, think about what I just said, and we we talked about this. I forget what team we were talking about. Um, someone was what what organization was going to hire. Is Matheny who the Royals were talking about? And you were just like, that's a lazy hire? Yeah. it's It really is interesting because it is kind of this catch-22. Do you bring in a Buck Showalter who's done it at so many organizations and you kind of know what you're going to get? It's going to be professional. You're going to get a turnaround at some point. I mean, what Buck Showalter did with the Orioles kind of gets overlooked uh, with the Yankees and Sox and even what the Rays have been doing, the Blue Jays were really good. He had the Orioles being competitive for a while, and now <laughs> look where they've gone back to. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, that's that's kind of tough. Do you go with the Buck or do you go with the the young, sexy, 38-year-old manager that's new age and he, he likes analytics and all that stuff? I don't know. The other two names – are Carlos Beltran and, and Jason Giambi. Is Jason Giambi even coaching anymore anywhere? What, where is he at? He, When he was with the Indians, there was like a lot of talk that Jason Giambi is going to get a manager's job. Like he is a player's manager. He, he's a, I, I think he's out of the MLB right now. I wonder what he's doing. And then Carlos Beltran is also, he got interviewed for the Yankees job. He's incredibly respected around the league. So those are two names that always get thrown out. But you never know, man. Like Brandon Hyde kind of came out of nowhere for the Orioles last year. It's always it can be just a random guy who's who's been in baseball forever that the common na- people we don't like we don't know. Like, oh, him? Okay, cool. And I I do think that there's you know, a lot of teams obviously go out and you you said the Cubs are going to have a long interview with Girardi and I think you're right. Uh I I think there is kind of this world of baseball now where you can like, you can win over the room in an interview. If if you have some stuff... Like, isn't the Twins pitching coach a guy that never... He didn't pitch in the major leagues. He didn't coach at a high level. But he he basically could add two mile per hour to anyone's fastball. So they're like, pick him up. So I I, I think there's there's a way to do it. I, I You know, calling back to some past episodes... Um, Hey, if you're one of these organizations, bring in someone who teaches hitting from the Yankees. Bring in someone who teaches pitching from Houston. Enjoy the World Series. Enjoy the World Series. We have uh, Ozzy Mandiaz, I don't know how you say that, in the chat. He did some research for us real quick, which I love. 
He's a Patreon member, so he's doing research for us. And the Patreon members that sponsored this show are Anthony Grancelli, Jason Jorlami, Ryan Neeran, Parker Clavijo, and Josh DeVries. I think I typed a lot of these wrong. I got a new keyboard, and the spacing and the fingers is different, so I've just been typing, like, one letter to the right. Holy smokes. Yeah. I think that first name's Anthony, but I typed Amtijabunomere. Yeah, that's not... Yeah. No no vowels, sir. So anyway, uh, Ozzy Mendez in the chat says the longest tenured manager in MLB right now is Bob Melvin in 2011, and behind him is A.J. Hinch from 2014. So it's it crazy. is just a revolving door league. It's, it's the new... I mean, it, it makes a little more sense in football or basketball because you can come in and you can really... You could spice up a program, or it, it was the hot thing for a while to bring in the hot college football coach, and you know he could any any college football program can be turned around with one recruiting class and, and the right playbook. Baseball is kind of not that way, <laughs> um, but I I don't know. I I hope Bob Melvin becomes more of the example because I was actually I was wondering coming into this playoffs, are there any managers? that could lose their job if, if their team loses in the playoffs. And none, none came to mind. Maybe, maybe something jumps out to you. Um, but Bob Melvin might have some of the best job security in baseball. <laughs> he's, uh, he's been doing a, a really solid job in Oakland. They just always end up where they end up, it feels like. Yeah, it's also because the expectations aren't too high in Oakland. Sure. Like if they, have this, like if they lose in the wild card... All of Oakland will say that was a successful season. Oh, not the not the real ones. Well, yeah, They'll come at your neck for that. I think like the Oakland's front office because they're like, hey, with our funds, that was pretty good, right? And oh no, though, and they play that game forever, and that's why a lot of my friends when I lived in the Bay Area fucking hated the ownership of the A's because they they project them as this like. Uh, David versus Goliath, and then when they you know win round one but lose the battle, they're like, "We won round one. We made it to the playoffs. That's pretty good as a David." And all my friends were like, "Fuck you. Go spend money and let's have the uh, let's yeah. have the it just or the want to be Goliath. Like this is it's annoying to play small and then celebrate small victories every year. Well, maybe they won't be celebrating small this year. Be cool." But I, I don't see it happening. Doesn't seem likely, no. <laughs> no, no. Um, I was just going to Google something and say something, but I forget. You know who I think has a tough, uh, a tough second year ahead of him? David Bell for the Reds. The Reds are an interesting team. I think this is more off-season talk, but I think they're going to go out and spend a little more. I, I think... I think they are going to go all in for next year. And if things fall apart, they'll kind of do like the the Marlins trade-off. Like, I, I'm i going to freak out some of my Yankee fans, but, you know, I, what what if the Reds went out and signed like a Didi Gregorius or something like that, where he started his his career kind of full circle? You know, they, they empty the truck. You bring in a shortstop, a lefty bat. Um but that that's talking Reds off season. We we got to let them go. Yeah, I just my one the reason why I said it was because they where is it? I mean, he got ejected a million times. Right. And I think the Pythagorean theorem for them says they should have been much better than they were. Okay. And and that's usually like one way to judge a manager. But it's kind of a, a, a silly way. But I think Bill James said it's a good way to judge a manager or whatever. But if he comes out next year, I think then we have, might have a revolving door again. So, Jim, I've, I, again, I, I was thinking about this, and I think I just stumbled into one thing. Because, you know, when, when Girardi was leaving the Yankees, it was pretty well known it was going to happen. Um, it was, no, it was one, one of your. Well. It shocked w- everyone. Girardi? Girardi left in tears and all of the writers and the when I when I broke the news people said I was making up a giant lie just for clicks like it shocked everyone right they were saying that because you'd never reported news before no no that was a shocking everyone thought Girardi would return 
Even the beat reporters at the end of the season, everyone was like, he has to return. We were making jokes on Talking Yanks like, just say, hey, you want, how much do you want? Five more years. That, that shocked everyone. No, I I disagree with that. I think it was uh, the the stars were kind of lining up for that that they they weren't going to bring him back. Otherwise, they would have offered him a contract. Even if they won a World Series, we found out they weren't going to bring him back. Yes, but that wasn't known. Like I think we can pull up our Talking Yanks episode, and I think both of us said, "Of course, he's coming back." I don't know. I I, I think it was pretty open, but we can we can dig into that another time. But Jim, for all the teams that are in the postseason, I think it's funny. Like Astros, they they love Hinch. He's not going anywhere, even if they have a bad exit. They they've had an incredible year. Boone is up for Manager of the Year. Um, he's good. Baldelli on the Twins is up for the Manager of the Year. And then the A's and the Rays. The A's love Melvin. Uh, the Rays are in with Cash. So I mean, all the AL guys are safe, right? I think so. Yeah. I think it, it's funny. I I initially started there, and I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> the only guy who might be in trouble would be Dave Roberts, right? Yeah, I don't even know if it's him, but... Because the Brewers love counsel. The The Nationals had a great bounce back year. The Cardinals, same. Braves made this kind of meteoric rise in, in within the NL. The Dodgers, they're the only team. If they have a quick exit, or any exit, like Roberts could be done, right? I think it would more like not be like, hey, Dave Roberts is bad, but like we got to change stuff and we got to take a deep look in the I mirror. think it's similar to Girardi. That's what I was trying to compare it to. Yeah. I'm, well, Girardi, like we found out afterwards that the decision was made like long in 2016 on Girardi. Right. But it was surprising when it was actually happening. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, I think Madden's going to get a job right away, and I think Girardi and Buck have both publicly said they want to manage again. If there's one that seems like the bet to place, it seems like Girardi to the Cubs. Yeah. Girardi to the Cubs, Madden to the Angels. They already have reports out there saying that that's, they're interested. Who isn't? Everyone's going to be interested in Madden. Yeah. And that, that separation is, is weird to me. Like, why does Madden – I guess it's a better look if he sits down at the table with, with the Cubs and says, yeah, I wanted to leave too. It's just not working out. But, like, you, job security, like we just said in the MLB, is crazy. If, why, would, why would, like – that's why I understand the united front that they had because it looks better for both parties. But behind closed door, I think Madden's crazy. If he was like, yeah, I think we'll just separate here. Because job security is nuts. And the way yeah, things are know. going. I mean, I, uh, like you're saying, though, I think there's the other side of that is Madden can get any of these jobs. I mean, if Madden, if Madden comes in at the same price tag for any of these jobs, they'd hire Madden. And I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him end up in San Diego. San Diego is the better situation than the Angels. Uh, but people think L.A. and Trout. San Diego's still got the top farm system. They've got so many young players. They've got a little bit of a budget there. I mean, that's like Madden when he was with the Rays and they had all their young talent and when he was with the Cubs and they had a pay, a, a paycheck and, and, and everything going on. So I, I don't know. I'm sure we're going to hear all sorts of rumors um, throughout the, the coming weeks. Yeah, it's going to be annoying. I hate ML, how MLB does their rumors. How the reporters do it, it's, it's brutal. Ugh. Sorry. It's my least favorite part about the offseason. It's just how MLB writers handle rumors. It's terrible. Anyway, the other cool stories both come from the Mets, man. Alonzo broke the home run record and was really excited about it. And then Dom Smith, who was injured in the last game of the season, he gets one at bat. He returns from the injured list, gets one at bat, and it happens to be a walk-off home run to end the season. And the Mets were super excited about it, which it's fine. I got to do a breakdown of it. And it's going to be really hard for me to not throw, like, just jabs. Oh, because you will. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm, because I'm it's just embarrassing. Gonna... Can I be honest? It's embarrassing. The, the Mets do the same cycle. 
They think they're going to be good. Then they think they're going to be absolutely terrible. Then they're kind of good and they enjoy the ride and then they don't make it. And then they act like a Midwest team and just clap for like, yeah, you know, we had fun though. It's like, what's going on? Do you hate your team? Do you have unrealistic expectations? And then you just get excited. Like they're like, let's go Mets chance. Yeah, I mean, Jim, so this this is something that we, we've discussed before briefly is that you don't fully know the pain of an awful franchise. And for me, that's the New York Knicks, so I, I can relate some of those parallels to the Metropolitans. I mean, this is a building stone. This is a stepping stone for them to – or what? that's what they're telling themselves. Um, the it, Mets last year, uh, their record was 77-85. and 85. This year they improved to 86 and 76, so like 10 games better. They're technically the first team out of the wild card in the NL with the Cubs going to shit. So that's what that's what when you're a fan of a franchise like that, you need to find these things to grab onto. So if you're a Mets fan, you say, "Hey, we took a little bit of a jump this year. We got Stro show coming back next year. Alonzo's a stud." We're going to be amazing next year. And I hope for some Mets fans they're right. I hope next year they improve another 10 or so and they win 95 games. But as as a fan of that team, you have to brainwash yourself that that stuff is important. If it was the White Sox or the Royals and their season ended that way, I'd totally understand just the full celebration. These guys were in a playoff hunt three days ago, Jake. Like, their expectations were to be in the playoffs three days ago. It's a very cool moment. Very happy for Dom. But if you were like, and this is how the season ended, and it's how crazy they were going celebrating at home plate, you'd think they just clinched. But they didn't. They're not. uh, Whatever. It's weird. I can't. I can't. uh, I know that I sound like an old person. Like, hey, you know, let them celebrate the fun things. But it's like. Oh, no, man. There's something weird about how hard they celebrated that as a team. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we don't know everything that went on behind the scenes. Maybe maybe they were going out to a big party later if they all won. You know, (laughs) maybe they're they're just having a good time, man. You know, baseball is such a grind. They didn't miss the postseason. That probably sucked because they convinced themselves, you got to believe. Mets fans will always convince themselves, you got to believe. So they had a little fun on the last day. I don't know. Knock yourself out, Mets. Wasn't a little fun. They went fucking crazy. The whole stadium went crazy. And it's like, this is awkward. They went more crazy than when Yankees celebrated Jeter's walk-off in his last day at the stadium. Even that was a little benign with Yankee fans. They're like, well, some took it too far. This was like nuts. Pete, Pete Alonzo was running around going like, wow. Oh, wow. It's like, what are we doing? Whatever. Weird. Celebrating fun. Worded me out. They, uh, the home run record's kind of fun. But he, he, I was happy for Pete there. Like, he really wanted it. So that's cool. Yeah, man. And it's, I mean, 53 is still an insane number. I mean, you know, Mets and Yanks fans will bicker on the internet for life about the juice ball and everything. Um, he's got the record. I wonder if we see it fall again soon uh, with Judge 2017, Alonzo now. It wouldn't be shocking to see another young guy come up soon. Or maybe this was just the blip. <laughs> maybe the ball changes. Uh, but you'd like to think with the more power hitters coming up, maybe we're going to see more of this going forward. But uh, an incredible year for Alonzo. Um, and it, again, kudos to the Mets. And Jim, the other thing here, this was Brody Van GM's first year, and they technically got better. And they started Alonzo from the start of the season. Um, so there's there's some good positivity in Mets land right now. Uh, enjoy it. You lost. The, I, what I think is there's two kinds of Mets fans. There's happy-go-lucky. And then there's like mad at the world angry. Right. And maybe, maybe one person isn't both. Like they don't teeter. But the fact that both exist is so funny. And I think I, I think you might even figured out the storm there because I'm picturing both those people in the stands for this Mets game, and I've got the the down miserable Mets fan like celebrating this in a mockingly crazy fashion like they were, and I've got the happy go lucky Mets fan doing the same thing. So maybe those people came together for one 
special day in Queens. It's crazy moment. Like rehabbing, coming back, one at bat, and it's a walk-off home run. It is fucking insane. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He was he was excited. I mean, it was against the Braves who were doing nothing though. Anything else? We had so. Cole Hamels and Yachty getting a little beef. And uh Yachty's the worst, man. I love him. He, he's the best and the worst. Like if if I was a Cardinals fan, I would love Yachty Molina and I would defend yeah. him as annoyingly as all of you defend him. But I mean, did you see this exchange? No. Okay. So Cole Hamels in the second inning hits Yachty with his second pitch, which just grazes the arm. Yeah. And clearly not on purpose. Hamels is pissed that he let him off. The Cardinals are trying to clinch. They're trying to beat the get it so the it doesn't come down to the last day, but they lost the day before. So there's frustration with the Cardinals. And I think Yachty's trying to get his team going and like get some energy right away. And he just starts jawing at Hamels. And then it's and then Hamels is like, well fuck that. I'm not gonna let you just like use me to motivate your club. So Hamels like yells back, like, what the fuck are you saying? Took the bait. And then uh no, and then Yachty kind of backed off. And then Yachty was like apologizing at first base. Like, sorry, man, sorry, man, sorry, man. That's like, what are you look doing? At that. You, look, you look silly. Love Yachty. He's, uh, if we were Cardinals fans, I'd probably have a Molina tattoo. Um, and that's, that's the scope I try to view it through because that's, I mean, we're, we're fans. We, the Brett Gardner hitting the top of the dugout thing, we were, we were not too proud to say, like, if we saw that from another fan's perspective, the 36-year-old Brett Gardner banging the top of the dugout with a bat, we'd be like, okay, what's going on, dude? Yeah, like, you, you got to know that story. Out. Like, We have so many people that reach out about Brett Gardner, and they think he's like a red-ass. I'm like, nah, dude, he's, he's like the team prankster. Like, elaborate I'm sure. Pranks. I'm sure if we watched Yachty day in, day out for the past more than a decade that he's been in St. Louis, we'd be preaching about him. But, I said that already, but even I've read a bunch of forums, even like Cardinals fans were like, that was a bad look, man. Like he clearly didn't hit you on purpose. And like you like were screaming at him, but I don't think it worked either. I think it fired up the Cubs and they, they beat him. And then the last day of the season, the Cardinals whooped him. Whoop. Whooped. Him. You got anything else before we go into playoffs? I mean, you had the, the Twins set the most home runs in a season. Yanks finished one short of them. I think we had three teams that would have beaten the record this year. It's kind of a, a future. <laughs> Baseball's going this way. Uh, hey, the Minnesota Twins, uh, you know, that's you, – you did a couple references to Midwest teams or the Mets celebrating like a Midwest team. <laughs> little, little, little coastal bias there, but we, we appreciate that. I lived in Chicago for a while, so it's some, uh, I did some yeah. research. He's got it. He was researching those couple years in Chicago. Um, James, the, the Twins, if you're a diehard Twins fan, there was probably a couple years when you were at if, – if you told – the Minnesota Twins fans that they would set the home run record as a team one day. I think they would have laughed at you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, they they used to. And Jim, maybe this is what you should send it at the Oakland Athletics because you talk about them enjoying just getting to the dance too much. The Twins, man. I mean, they were they were the team. They were with the A's and the Rays that they didn't have money and they. You know, they would have someone become a star and then they'd have to get rid of them. Johan Santana. Um, you know, they, they could only keep, they could only pay so many guys and the twins had to keep doing it, refreshing their farm system. They went out and they paid a little, they got Nelson Cruz and he had another crazy year. Um, uh, they signed scoop. Am I saying that right? Scoop. Um, so I, I mean, shout out to the twins there. That's, uh, that's huge for them. That's huge for them. I know they'll there will be people that look back and say juice ball, and I we know your feelings on that ballpark a little bit, but I do think they had more homers on the road. It's a it's a crazy good season for the Twins. Shout out to them and and Rocco. Rocco Baldelli, I love this quote, so I'll share it. I don't know how much it is. Uh, I guess this is just talk about what we like. But Yankees have a history of beating the Twins in the playoffs. Like that's not recent wild card game uh, last year, but or two years ago, but not like. Super recent, mostly 2010 and, and, you know, 2000, 2010, I guess. And Twins fans know it. Yankees fans know it. But it's totally different teams and all that stuff now. And they asked Rocco Baldelli, like, do you, are you aware of the 
Twins history against the Yankees in the postseason? And his response was, uh, honestly, I'm not, and I don't care at all. That has no bearing on this team. And I was like, good answer, Rocco, because it doesn't. A thousand percent right. But those Twins teams, who was quoted? Like, a couple years later, they said, like, yeah, if we matched up with the Yankees in, like, 09, like, we just went in there with no faith. Like, we were like, well, this is going to suck. And that's when it really does matter, when it's the same guys in the in the clubhouse. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's got to be a couple guys that are left over from that wild card game a couple years ago, but that was, I mean, one that, game at the stadium. And the Twins were like, they weren't, that was like, they sold at the deadline and then still made the wild card. Right. So that was like, they weren't, it was, that was a very much like happy to be here and it, and it was fine. Like that's, yeah. you, you should be happy to be there and that's. This year's much different. They have big expectations. So, yeah, we'll see. We're going to go deep dive into, like, the actual games on future episodes, like we said. But let's talk a little bit about just the matchups. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Start in the National League. Braves, Cardinals. Braves, Cardinals is fun, man. Uh, you know I'm locked into my baby Braves. Um Dude, we're going to see some young, fun pitchers in this one. It'll be interesting to see if, who those guys kind of tells the story of their season. I know you fell in love with Soroka. Is it Soroka numbers... and Flaherty? Because that's an amazing... Aren't they high school teammates? I um, I don't know if they that was released yet. No, it was Freed. Freed and Flaherty were high school teammates. So that's cool. That is cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, Freed, Flaherty... Uh, you're going to see, um, what was the guy I just mentioned? The Soroka, your guy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who, you know, who shows out in the postseason. I think Flaherty right now is a little bit of a trump card. His second half is unreal. Um, but that, that could go one of two ways. I mean, if the Braves clip Flaherty, they're going to feel like, ooh, we got him. Like, that's their dude. Um, and vice versa, I mean, if Flaherty wins, I think if you're the Braves, you could kind of wash your hands and be like, okay, that dude's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Dude, the, I'm reading an article that says Soroka's going to be the game three starter. Soroka. Dallas Keuchel game one, and then Fultonewitz. How do you say that guy's name? Fultonewitz, something like that. You're all around it. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I uh, maybe maybe Soroka's got some good home starts, or or maybe no, no. for the play. He's really good on the road. He's bad at home, Soroka. Oh, there you go. And so, he's only twenty two so, years old, so they're thinking maybe it's less pressure in the away stadium. Yeah, and it, and I mean Dallas Keuchel. It's part of the reason they brought this dude in. He uh, he has a ton of playoff experience. I kind of love them throwing Keuchel game one. Yeah, um, I I like the experience stuff. I think it's I think. Uh, you break down that wall with a guy who doesn't mind breaking down the wall. Because if you have 22-year-old Soroka in game one, he's been your best pitcher. But, I mean, that's a lot to take in. Like, we saw yeah. that with Luis Severino as Yankee fans in the wild card. Like, he just fucking got body slammed by that wall of playoff baseball. Like, nope, you're not ready for this. So you yeah. have to let them observe a game first. I think it's pretty sound strategy to have – the experienced guy go game one, which is why I think Tanaka for the Yankees should go game one and Paxton game two. I oh I think that's that is there's some logic to that that applies. We'll see. Yeah, and I guess you could do a whole thing there because at least Paxton has more experience than some of these young brave guys. I, I you know they're kids, <laughs> they're they're kids. I it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, does this series come down to bullpens or should I be swearing by my top four in that Braves lineup or what? Um, starting pitching, right? You think the starting pitching is just going to match for match? Well, I, I, I think Flaherty's a trump card. I mean, Soroka's awesome, but I think what Jack Flaherty did this second half, I, you know, not a lot of guys in baseball have been able to do something like that. Um, yeah, and I guess Dakota Hudson's a guy that we haven't shouted out too much yet. He goes sixteen and seven this season with a three three five ERA in his age twenty four season. So I guess, uh, and Jim, I I was just gonna say maybe the young pitching becomes the stories of the series. Yet at the same time, there's Adam Wainwright hanging around. We just talked about Dallas Keuchel getting the ball in game one. This series feels like it's gonna be 
Are are the veterans going to step up? Are we going to be talking about Yadier Molina? Are we going to be talking about Goldschmidt? Are, are we going to be talking about these old dogs that have done it? Keichel, Donaldson. Or is this series going to be the introduction to Ronald Acuna? Is this going to be the introduction? Introduction. Introduction. That's not even a word, introduction. You've been introducing? Um, you know. It, that sounds gross. Uh, Marcel Ozuna on the, on the big stage for one of the first times in his career. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think you have to lean Braves. I, I kind of threw my hat big time into the Braves bucket. I just think their top is so strong. Um, I just hope the story kind of, well, this Cardinals bullpen might have a leg up on him too. Carlos Martinez, Gallegos has come out of nowhere. Andrew Miller's chilling down there. You wonder if his postseason experience kicks in a little more for them. Um, I don't know. I'm. How about this? I'm hoping that this series doesn't come down to bullpens because I think that would be bad news for both teams. What's bad news a little bit for the Cardinals is that because they had to win that last game of the season to win the division – they threw Flaherty, yeah. which takes him out of the game one running. So he cannot be their game one pitcher. He can pitch twice in the series still, but it would be games two and five. Good to have him as your fifth, but you'd like to have been able to get him one, one four. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 if they can get it to that game five, though, in Flaherty, that, that'd, be a tough, that'd be a tough team to bet against. That's going to be a fun series. That is going to be a fun series. I like I'm you you know I'm a big storyline guy and I I think it's either going to be the the young pups or the old dogs. Like we're and and I don't I don't know which one it is yet. I'm rooting for the young pups cuz I you know how much I love Acuna and those guys and Flaherty too, but I don't know. That that's why guys like Wainwright and Yachty, they just don't die. Donaldson, freaking Keuchel. Now I'm excited. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. The other one that we know the matchup for is the Yankees and the Twins. Yeah. Which will be interesting. Uh, two of the lesser starting pitching matchups and more of like, who knows? Like, it might be like the old Brewers from last year, just throwers, you know. I think Paxton yeah. and Tanaka are the only two the Yankees will use as full gear starting pitchers. Tanaka may even have a shorter leash than you would you a pitcher would have had five years ago, but I think Paxton won't. But I, I I trust Tanaka as a Yankees fan. But it'll be interesting. The the upside is the Yankees bullpen is so much better. If they can hand a lead to their bullpen or a tie game goes to both bullpens, the Yankees bullpen is still one of the best in baseball. So that's the advantage. The lineups are both powerhouse hitting and lineups. So it'll be – I mean, we might have sloppy games or we might have uh, – I think they're going to be sloppy. When you say sloppy, what do you mean? High scoring. Okay. Um, either like just high scoring, I guess, like not like clean games. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Twins, eight guys with 20-plus homers, five guys with 30-plus homers. I mean, these <laughs> literally the two teams, the only two teams ever to hit 300-plus home runs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that translates to the playoffs and the Twins wind tunnel stadium, the Yankees with the short porch. Um, yeah, you wonder. I, uh, we did this a couple episodes back. I personally think if the Twins if the Twins want to do this, they need Barrios and Oda Rizzi to be special. Um, I think for the Yankees, it's nice. Whatever they can get out of their starting pitching is huge, and they're guys that can do it. Masahiro Tanaka, 30 career playoff innings to a 1-5 ERA. He can do it. James Paxton is, what, 10-0 and in his last 10 starts? Like, James Paxton, when he's right, he can be really good. And Severino. Severino's come back. He's their best pitcher when he's right. Uh, we're still not sure how far they'll push him in the postseason. But the Yankees are just looking for basically four good innings out of their starters. The Twins can't do that every game. Uh, Joe's McFly is part of John Boy Media. He hosts uh, a Yankees podcast on our network. He filled in for Jake on Talking Yanks last week. And I don't know if you heard this, Jake, but we were talking about how excited we are for playoff baseball. And he was like, oh, playoff baseball is a whole other animal. And Joe's goes, a walk is a rally. Yeah. 
And with the Yankees and the Twins and their ability to hit home runs, that's the truest thing. Like, a walk is a rally. Now a home run's worth two. I mean, that's what yeah. that's that's probably the best way I can sum up this this series and the pressure on the pitchers. One base runner on is going to feel like a rally. Okay, let's do it. And and that's what I mean when when you look at this Minnesota bullpen. I mean, Taylor Rogers had a really solid year, but he he doesn't. I don't I don't know if he has any postseason experience. I'll, I should click now, but. It's it's a lot of guys that had solid years. Tyler Duffy, Trevor May, um, it, but it's if you haven't done it in the playoffs yet, it kind of doesn't matter. Um, and and that's just where we feel things get just favor the Yankees so much more because I I mean Zach Britton has has done it before. He's he's a guy that's been one of the best relievers in the game. Um, Araldis Chapman. He's he's special when he's right. Um, the the twins don't have a big fear factor. Maybe they'll prove us all wrong, and these guys dig in for something deep. But it just seems like the offenses are crazy similarly matched. Which I was looking at the stats today, and they really are. Um, it's like one home run difference. It's like five runs different throughout a hundred sixty two game season. Uh, so it just feels like it feels like that Yankees bullpen is the differentiator. Yeah, if they if they can hand over like a tie game or a lead and they're firing on all pistols and they have like five guys to eat up five innings, that can get – it's intense because you're banking on five guys to be good. But those guys are yeah. solid banks, if that makes sense. And I we this is something we've harped on all season. The Minnesota Twins are 32-37 and 37 against teams with a better than 500 record this year. Um which and the Yankees are above 543 and 32, so you think there's something there. And I, I think the other big thing that I, I would have circled is that the Twins have been great on the road this year. The Twins are 55 and 26 on the road this year. Jimmy, the Yankees haven't lost a home series in their past 21 home series, I believe. I think they're 18-0 and 3. Um, so the the games at the stadium, I think, are going to matter a little more because the Twins have made good bread on the road, and the Yankees have have haven't lost at home. This is uh, more of a talking Yanks thing, but I'll I'll let you guys into my Yankees bias a little bit. Yankee Stadium in the 2017 ALCS, Houston players said they were intimidated. They came in, they lost three games. They're like, damn, that was a tough place to play. The Cleveland Indians said the same thing. Uh, last year, the Red Sox stomped the Yankees so quick that it never got a chance to be a loud atmosphere. The Twins, they may get a little of that same, like, oh, my God, if Yankee Stadium can be the fucking accordion that it is at times. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the the, the first two games, I, I, I mean, you could say this about every playoff series, but the Yankees are clearly expecting to hold serve and win the first two games. Like I just said, they haven't lost a home series since middle of April. The Twins have their good home record. Um, uh, the Twins need to steal one of the first two to have a chance in this series. Yeah. And then the other, the other two are the wild cards. We don't know. The Dodgers will play the winner. The Astros will play the winner. The Rays are flying to Oakland, which is great. We avoided a wild card game in the Trop. Congrats to everyone who watches games. And uh, the Brewers were a, a, a win and a loss. Like the, in the game 162, they could have won the division. They don't. Do they get the top wild card? No. They're the away team. They got to go to D.C. and face Strasburg or face Scherzer. I think with Strasburg coming out of the pen in the wild card game, I think is what their might be their strategy there. So it'll be interesting. But like I said, we're going to have deep dives on, on, on those games. Uh, tomorrow will be... Uh, you know, kind of a 20 minute like preview of the wildcard game. I think we, we kind of covered everything to end the season. Yeah. We'll, um, uh, again, we'll, we'll deep dive tomorrow. Did, do you want to say who you got in the wildcard games or no? Oh, tease it. Are we going to do that? That's a teaser. Are we going to do you that? Keep them coming back. You want to make predictions and stuff? Not like actual predictions. I don't like doing that. It's so. ESPN sticky and then people are like you took this and I was like I'm not confident in that pick I don't yeah. like the prediction game but uh 
It's like a staple. I I don't know. I have no one. Cool. I guess I I guess I have the home teams just because I'll just ride chalk. Home team chalking it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Mil- Milwaukee, Washington. There's a little David David and Goliath there. I mean, the Brewers. Everyone's been wondering how they've done it without Yelich. The Washington has a lot of talent. Washington has a crazy run differential. I know you mentioned the Pythagorean records before. Washington's is 95 and 67. The Brewers is 81 and 81. <laughs> um, so it's that that's just going to be funny because it's a little David and Goliath. Like if Milwaukee can get an early lead, I mean, so much pressure falls on Washington. Um, the, the AL just feels like a coin flip. Yeah, I am excited. We will be talking about it. Also, uh, Wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone. This is like, you know, this show's in its infancy. We started halfway through the season, picked up steam. It's going really well. Like we said, we are excited to do as much as we can uh, this offseason or this postseason. And I kind of said this on Talking Yanks, but our, our growth is 100% you guys. It's a grassroots thing. Like, we, we haven't put any money into marketing or spreading it as anything. It's uh, people listen. They share it. Same with the YouTube videos. So many people comment underneath like MLB's videos and say, can't wait for John Boy and like that shit. That's why we've grown. So it's uh, 100% your guys is doing. We appreciate it. It's invaluable. Uh, we have a great uh, listener base or whatever the hell the word is for it. So if you have friends that are watching baseball that are turning into playoffs, send them our way. Tell them we got them covered, entertaining, uh, talking, all that stuff. All right. Think, think that's over. All right. Go Yanks. No, wrong show. Wow. Wow. How do I end this one? All right. Go the ball. Uh, more so, like, see you guys tomorrow. You're going to see us every day if you want to or not. Grandma, are you excited for the playoffs? Yes. Okay, we're recording. Say hi. Say who you're rooting for, Yankees or Twins? The Yankees, of course. Yankees, of course. Grandma's rooting for the Yankees. Do you care about the other teams? No. Okay, doesn't care about the other teams. Nailed it. All right, back to the outro. Wrap us up, Jake. Ten words. (laughs) Grandma had it. No, (laughs) exciting times. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. See you tomorrow.